This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. What's up, Goreheads, and welcome to another episode of the Extreme Horror Replay Podcast, and I almost forgot the name of the show again. <laughs> <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Ben. I am sitting here with my beautiful wife, Nancy, and I'm not even going to ask her to say it because that's exactly what she'll say is, hello, Nancy. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that from high school? Mm-mm. Whenever I, I, when I had the class in Brighton, and I would always start the letters with, hello, Nancy, because... <laughs> Because I was extremely unromantic back then. Oh, I I remember you being unromantic. I don't remember the letters. (laughs) You don't remember any of the letters? Um, No, No? actually. Wow, that's cold-blooded. Okay, You know what was really cold-blooded? Is when I um, gave you kisses all over your face and you told me don't because I don't like that. (laughs) I do now. now. Yeah, now you would kill for me to do that to you. Smother me with kisses. What goes around comes around. Dribble and drool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay you were such an a-hole I, I didn't know any better yeah i didn't know what good i had so we are continuing our is it horror is it is it sort of horror crime drama thriller movies this week but before we get into that the queen of would you rathers has one for me has one for us so hun please take it away all right i have to apologize uh ahead of time because this is a really bad one it was yeah spur of the moment it was spur of the moment i came up with it in literally like five seconds so <laughs> work with me here would you rather be swimming in the ocean and be eaten by a shark or would you rather be walking through the woods and eaten by wolves several wolves enough wolves to kill you okay but only one shark mm-hmm. okay i think i would pick the wolves because if the if, from everything i've heard on tv a shark will take a bite out of you just to see if you're tasty or not. And then it'll kind of start playing with you if it decides that you are. So so wouldn't you want to choose the shark? Well, no, because if it decides you're tasty, it's going to, I mean, it'll come back, yes. But you're going to be bit and hurt, and then you're going to wonder if it does come back. So, All right. Let's, let's focus on not necessarily the death, the dying part. But let's focus on the moments before that happens. Would you rather have your limbs and phalanges <laughs> torn off by wolves where you can see it and feel it? Or would you rather have be drowned gonna, and be unconscious and a shark's going to eat you? You're going to see ya. it and feel it if a, if a shark eats you, regardless of whether yeah, but if you're underwater for If you're underwater for enough, like how, how long it would take the average person... To drown underwater, then you're unconscious, so you're not feeling anything. 
Yeah, but it takes like a full like minute and a half to drown. Not necessarily. If you're not ready to go underwater and you don't have the air in your lungs, you're going to be like inhaling that water. Okay. I'm still picking the wolves. I am picking the shirt. Nobody asked you. <laughs> this was my would you rather. <laughs> you step off. You, you come up get, with your own, you did, jerk. You didn't get... That's not the point. It was your would you rather. You asked me. I answered. Yeah. No, I'm picking the wolves. I'm picking the wolves. Because if there's multiple wolves, they're going to tear you apart. And chances are they're going to go right for your neck. And so... If you're lucky. What if they go for your hands and then your private parts... And then they see an ass cheek, and they're going to go for that. And your head. Why am I your naked? Your brain. They have, like, ripped all your clothes off. Okay? Are and they strippers? Your head is, you are completely conscious, and you're watching, like, your foot get <laughs> eaten off in your hands. Yeah, and... but I, I still think, why am I naked? <laughs> because they ripped your clothes off. They're, they're wolves. That's what they do. This isn't Little Red Riding Hood. Now, if a wolf wants to eat something, don't you think it would remove anything that was encumbering them from eating it? They're like, gonna, if they were going to eat gonna an go animal, right through it. if they're going to eat an animal, let's say if they're going to eat... If they're going to eat an animal, they don't pull the fur off and then eat it. They just fucking go right for the, the guts and the neck and the... Now, you're thinking, like, of a hippo or any kind of animal that would... Like, a, a snake that would swallow an animal whole. No. If a wolf were to find, like, a coyote, okay, it would tear open the coyote and then eat the innards. But it's not pulling its fur off. It's just eating the guts. Yeah, and you don't have fur. You have clothes. So it would tear through the shirt, but it wouldn't strip me. Okay. Do you think, okay, in your logic, do you think that wearing a pair of jeans is going to prevent you from getting bitten and eaten by a wolf? No, that's not what I'm saying. It is kind of what you're saying. No, what I'm saying is is that a, a wolf would not tear off all my clothes just to get to the parts that it wants. Well, how do you know that? Are you a wolf whisperer? What? <laughs> Where? <laughs> all right, we're going to have to leave this up to the audience because <laughs> I'm obviously right. He's obviously wrong, but how? as stubborn as he always is, he's not going to admit it. Okay, if a wolf is eating a beaver... It does not tear off all the fur in order to eat. Of course, it's going to use its its fangs and, and it's going to use its claws to rip off the fur and the flesh and then get down to the innards. It's just going right into that. It's eating the fur. and the, It's not. It, so if you see an animal carcass yeah. that obviously has been eaten by a wolf. We've never seen an animal carcass that's been eaten by a wolf, but I have to imagine. Oh, so you're going to think that you're not going to find and under your logic, we're not going to find any carcasses because wolves eat everything. <laughs> I'm not saying they eat everything. I'm saying they're not going to strip me naked to find the parts I never they said want. they'd strip you naked. You said they'd pull off your clothes. They would rip off your clothes. If they see that your dick's <laughs> hanging off there, they're going to Eat that. If they see that your ass cheek is hanging out, they're going to eat that. Again, if they see. So, why am I naked? Because That's what I'm asking. They ripped you. your clothes off. You, you just said they didn't rip your clothes off. You, <laughs> you literally just said they don't rip what your clothes off. What the hell do they have fangs for then? They will tear what are through they gonna, it. Are they, okay, so they're going to go up to you and they're going to slightly sexy unbutton you and then roll down the zipper. <laughs> <laughs> no. What okay, I'm so saying, what are they going to do? What I'm saying is they will bite through the shirt 
and rip out a chunk of flesh, or they will bite through the ass of my jeans and rip off a chunk of flesh. And then once the jeans are open and the ass cheek is exposed, then they'll start chowing down. But they're not, they're not ripping off my clothes. But you, you just contradicted yourself first no, you said that no, no, they no, no, would no. first you said that they would chew everything off and then get to you and then you said but they're not going to rip off my clothes they're 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 eating they're biting a hole in my jeans <laughs> so that's not ripping off your clothes one hole versus the entire pant oh you think not... okay so they have a single fang one fang wolves <laughs> if i grabbed a hold of your shirt at your belly and i just yanked mm-hmm the whole shirt is not coming off. It depends on how old the shirt is. I have some that I wear from like 15 years ago You're, that are like barely you, hanging on by a thread. What do you call it? The golden boy? Golden child? Golden boy. Oh. Yeah, it was, from, it was from Seinfeld. Actually, the original golden boy, God rest his soul, has been retired to the golden boy graveyard in the sky. Um, that one was, what was it? Because I know you have, there's... The no place like home shirt. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the new golden it. boy. Yeah, but there was another golden boy. <laughs> I have no. <laughs> You'll have to just trust me on this. There okay. was another one. All right, so yeah, I, I'm going with the wolves because they're not going to strip me naked to find the flesh that they want. They're going to bite through the shirt or the pants to get to the fleshy part or what they would assume is the fleshy part, and then they would start chowing down from there. But they're not going to like strip me naked. Or like you said, they're not going to take me and like seductively unroll my or (laughs) unzip my zipper and everything like that. I'm I'm simply saying I am pretty sure that anybody listening to this would would pretty much they would side with me on this. I don't think so. You're grasping at straws here. Listeners. okay, listeners, please let us know what you think. I know there's some of you out there that listen. So shoot (laughs) us a message and let us know, please. And thank you. We won't hate you any more. (laughs) wait we won't hate you what is it we won't hate you if you answer yeah we'll still love you yeah don't (laughs) we'll still love you regardless of what your answer is let's not bring up hating our listeners (laughs) (laughs) speaking of loving our listeners it is thanksgiving weekend so we would like to thank each and every listener out there for being a part of the gorehead family uh you know you guys we do this for fun it Not, was fun. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I have been I, contradictory as anybody I've ever seen I, in my I, life. Okay, so we are thankful for each and every listener out there, and we would like to give some shout outs to our our podcast friends, uh, Little Ben and Eamon from Watching Films on the Toilet, Nick and Andy from Slash U Podcast, um, the whole crew over at HMC Horror Movie Crew, uh, Crook and Kark from. A podcast on Elm Street. Yeah, I got a bone to pick with Kirk. (laughs) Another one. Um, From a podcast on Elm Street. Now he's just trying to get under my skin. Well, you knew he would. (laughs) Stay tuned, guys. Um, (laughs) Nathaniel or Nate from A Scary Home Companion. And the whole group, the whole family over at the uh, Deluxe Edition Network uh, podcast group. Um, So, yeah, we would like to thank all you guys And I'm sure there's so many more that we're forgetting, so I do apologize. But, okay, now, we got all that stuff out of the way. The movie that we are covering today uh, is Mr. Brooks from 2007. This was one of my my picks. 
This is what this was a Nancy's pick, and I think did you pick it because it's crime drama horror, and it kind of went along with the I saw the devil from last week. Kind of. I mean, it's it's a psychological horror. Yeah. And um, and it's an awesome movie, actually. And I just that's why I, I picked it. Every I, never like maybe every three months I'll say let's watch it. Does this one seem like it's hidden? Like a hidden gem? It does. I. It's not. I mean, it's not mainstream. It doesn't feel like by I any means. I don't think so. Which is really odd because you got Kevin Costner. You've got well, not so much Dane Cook, but Kevin Costner, Dane Cook, uh, uh, Mark Helgenberger, Burt, Mark Helgenberger, Demi Moore, and it's just one of those movies. Like this movie was suggested to us a long time ago from our friend Brian uh, that runs uh, Grave Danger, the the nostalgia store out there in Lansing. But he suggested this one a long time ago, and we had never heard of it. And it was just one, so, you know, I think we ordered it or bought it, whatever. If and you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend it. It's a good watch. It is. One, the only thing I don't like about it is is I don't like the whole Playboy, or not necessarily Playboy, but like the whole rich, I'm rich and I can get away with everything aspect to, to this movie. For Kevin Kastner? Well, just any of the movies. Like... Uh, it seems like all these crime drama movies has, or, or a lot of them, like they're they're rich. I mean, you, you take a look at like American Psycho, you know that that I can understand. But this movie, they they allude to the fact that he's a self made man. He never went to college yet. He walks around with a bow tie and he's got glasses on. Maybe he's just trying to overcompensate by wearing the bow ties and the glasses. And maybe and he does have a nice house. But he is a self-made man. Right. But he is rich and he is a killer. How many movies have we seen where there's some rich socialite, you know, well, right. whether self-made or whatever, he, you know. I just feel like he he wasn't born into the kind of attitude of entitlement. Born into attitude. You know, he just, he mm-hmm. wasn't, mm-hmm. I don't right. think he feels entitled. I, I think he feels I mean, this is genuinely something that's going to happen, and and we can see that you know. If, well, I'm not going to spoil the, the <laughs> end, but we can see that that it's something he can't control. Well, he does say it is an addiction, right? Right. But and he never he never brings up the fact that he has a lot of money into not being able to get caught. Mm, no, he doesn't, which is true. But again, to my point, how many movies have we seen where a rich guy? decides he's going to kill whether addicted or not okay but i th- i think it's supposed to be kind of like a side story or backstory the fact that you know and, and you can see we're watching the movie in the background right now he's got like a polka dot bow tie on and he's got his i mean he's um, kind of a nerd he, yeah he's got his wafers i don't i don't know horn rim uh tortoiseshell glasses um <laughs> and you know he dresses like you know a rich guy right but then we find out that he he wasn't born into money he was not born into the money he didn't go to college and he 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 built his business from the ground up and i feel like you know what they're trying to convey to us is that you were just dropping all sorts of phrases that is making me think of music we built this city <laughs> this whole episode is going to get flagged for copyright infringement <laughs> well it shouldn't um i think worse <laughs> is that because of my bed singing <laughs> If anything is defamation. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's he's got like the tan skin and the tortoiseshell glasses and the bow tie, and that's really coming across as I want to be seen as wealthy. Okay. Um, if if he didn't dress like that, he'd come in in just a regular suit and tie. All right. Okay. All right. You know. Okay. So then, before we get into the movie, what are three things you like about this movie? Okay. The first thing I like about this movie is I like the kind of the side story that he has an alter ego. Okay. I think that's that's you know it, it's a fascinating thing and it kind of plays off. Um, it's and what I thought when I was watching it was um, split only. His alter ego, he could see and talk to. Right. Whereas in Split, he became the alter ego. Right. So I liked that. Um, I liked the fact that he wasn't born into money. I liked the fact that he was a self-made man, and yet he still has this burden to bear. Okay. Of this, you know, evil that he has. Mm-hmm. And I liked that they they cast Kevin Costner. Because you would not think of him in this role. Because he's like a normal guy. Right. But he plays it very, very well. I mean, he played Robin Hood. Yeah. And he played, <laughs> yeah, he played um, Jim Garrison in JFK. He's just one, like one of those guys where it's like, you know. <laughs> you fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? You knew that. No, I, I didn't remember his name. I knew he was in JFK. Okay. But he pretty much made the whole movie JFK. Well, I mean, yeah. So in and I think that his being cast Scorsese, not Scorsese, Oliver Stone, Oliver Stone. Okay. Um, he just kind of made the movie. If if it was somebody else that they cast for it, it wouldn't be the same as Kevin Costner playing it because he's somebody that you want to believe. He's somebody that you want to like. You know, Dances with Wolves, Field of Dreams, (laughs) Waterworld. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not bring that up. But you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying, though. If if they were to cast like Mark Wahlberg, it'd be like, get this douchebag out of here. He would have been like three when that movie was made. This no, not JFK. This movie. Oh, this movie. Okay. All right. Okay. So those are your three things. All right. Fair enough. All right. right. What are yours? I don't have any. You no. You had. You (laughs) asked me. I came up with them on the fly. You gotta like come up with your own. I, I didn't even think about that. But you can't ask me and then answer, not answer it yourself. That's like the would you rather. No, that's Bogue. You got to come up with three <laughs> reasons why you like this movie. All right. I like the crime drama part of it because there, there's there's two stories going on. Calling there's, Dr. Vague. There, I'm elaborating. Okay. Shut up. There's two stories going on throughout the entire movie. Actually, three, kind of. The first part of it is the fact that, yeah, Kevin Costner is the self-made man, but he's also a killer. Spoiler alert. Um, Wait a second, you that you ripped off completely from me. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty much like taking whatever I, I said. I haven't gotten. I already forgot para- about what paraphrasing you said. every one of my no, answers. No, 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 no. <laughs> you didn't say anything about the crime drama part. So I'm getting to that. All right, you do you. There is there's two stories, two main stories going on throughout the movie. The first part of it is the fact that he is a killer and that yes, the whole self-made or born into it whatever, that doesn't matter. But there's also another part of the story, a part of the movie where Demi Moore plays a detective and she is trying to track down this killer who, you know, will let you know what his nickname is. Uh, a little bit later. I'll give but, you my opinion about Demi Moore when we get into this more, but 
I know. Sorry, carry on. But I, but I like the, much like the last movie, I saw the devil. There is a good, like, you know, cat and mouse detective game going on. Um, the second thing I would like would have to be. <laughs> Not easy, is I, it? I don't like, I don't like Dan Cook. I don't like Dan Cook. But you can't have that be something that you like about the movie. Would you shut <laughs> up? <laughs> I don't like Dane Cook, but in this movie, the role that he plays makes him, like, it It makes you want to hate his character. Well, his character is an asshole. Right. So, the fact that blah, blah, blah at the end, you, you yeah, you'll figure that out. And then the third part, I would say, I would, I would, William Hurt's character, as Nancy said earlier, is the alter ego. Uh, whether it's the id or the devil on your shoulder or just this made up uh, like alter ego or whatever, you know, kind of thing, or like his, his use of a character to escape reality. Uh, the fact that there's this quote unquote imaginary character that Kevin Costner's character talks to mm-hmm. is kind of an interesting facet to the whole, you know, Am I psycho or am I just kind of doing this thing? It's kind of when you think of somebody and everybody has them like conflicting thoughts. Mm-hmm. This is just kind of like bringing it to life. Right, exactly. And in most cases, you can't see this imaginary character. Similar to what you said, like with, you know, Split, where he mm-hmm. actually becomes the character. This one you actually get to visually see. And you never really learn if it's like That's an alter of, ego or... That is kind of the difference between split personality disorder and schizophrenia. So now you think maybe he's a schizophrenic? Yeah. Okay. I never even thought about that. Well, I, you know, I guess you'd have to watch the movie, but... Yeah. I think, I think that's where they were going with this. Okay. All right. Well, like we said, Mr. Brooks from 2007, it does score a 7.3 on IMDb. And let's dig into this. Um, Earl Brooks, who's played by Kevin Costner, he's a businessman, he's a philanthropist. It also just so happens that he is a killer. Earl, Mr. He's, Brooks. He's a creative artist also that kind of takes away from the fact that he's this evil. Yeah, he does do, he does work with like clay, clay and pot- Yeah, pottery. And, and yeah, pottery and stuff like not that. Not something that you would think that a, a serial killer would have mm-hmm. as a hobby. I mean, you didn't see Michael Myers in his like rundown shack with like a spinning <laughs> <laughs> the clay wheel. Yeah, <laughs> putting his hands in the clay with Doctor. Yeah, it would have a bunch him. of like like lines all over it because you know his hands are rough. I yeah, mean, he'd have to have like you know who I could see having a hobby Leslie Vernon. Yeah, well Hannibal Lecter, <laughs> he would like love to have a spinning wheel. I think. Well, he cooked. Y- yeah, it, right. So I mean, it just so happens he cooked people, but. you got ted bundy he's walking around with crutches or a fake cast on his arm he's an actor yeah well (laughs) (laughs) you think he went back to his pottery studio and like ghost went with his girlfriend and no (laughs) no very beautiful clay pot (laughs) he did practice law though (laughs) (laughs) or at least studied it uh, but anyway, so yes, Earl has an imaginary friend slash alter ego slash devil on his shoulder slash like his id or whatever. I don't even know what id is, so I have no idea if I'm using that correctly. Uh, whose name is Marshall, played by William Hurt. Him and his wife, Earl, Earl, Mr. Brooks. I don't know if I should call him Earl or Mr. Brooks. Let's just call him Earl. Okay. Earl, 
slash Mr. Brooks. From now on, we'll call him Earl. So Earl and his wife, Mark Hellenberger, uh, they go to this meeting, whatever. Um, he's, I think, what, businessman of the year or something like that. Gets an award, man of the year, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, it was. it was like a gala. Uh, so him and his wife go to this this gala, this meeting, and as they're driving home, Earl starts having this thoughts like, you know, I really wasn't satisfied with the whole evening. Something's got to, something needs to make this better. And he kind of looks up in the rearview mirror and he sees this Marshall. And Marshall is talking to Earl. Earl is talking back. Obviously, his wife cannot hear. And they're talking about how Earl has already scouted out this other couple, another couple that he wants to kill. He's looking for a rush. <laughs> a little bit of a buzz. Yeah. Um, you know what's really weird about this movie? And you, you have to watch it for a little while to catch on. Hmm. He talks to his alter ego, yeah. William Hurt. What is Marshall? Marshall. He talks to Marshall, but he's doing it, and it makes it look like other people can see that he's talking to them. Well, because you you actually see Marshall in the room, right? Right. And at first, you're kind of like, "Do they see him?" And then you kind of think, "Okay, obviously they don't see him." Wouldn't they ask why he's talking to himself? I think. I think that that was kind of like a Dexter thing where you had to kind of like catch on to that after a while. Well, I think, and there is one scene later in the movie where he's, where Earl is standing at his desk and his secretary comes in or his administrative assistant. I don't know what the appropriate term is anymore. So his, his assistant comes in and she's talking to him about catching a cab or a flight or something. And Marshall sitting in the room and they have this extended conversation about, you know, should he or should he not go on this flight or whatever. And, you know, it probably takes two minutes. So I think the conversation that Earl is having with Marshall, even though it's audible on the screen and you see Marshall, I think that is all in his head. So it happens, you know, just like a quick conversation. So a two minute conversation yeah. to us would actually take Earl and Marshall you know, maybe 10 or 15 seconds. And there there are a lot of nuances in the movie that it's one of those movies that second, third, fourth time, you're going to notice something else. You'll, about yeah. You're going to pick up something a little different each and time. We're watching it in the background here and I'm noticing the fact, okay, so he's hiding his alter ego. He's mm -hmm. hiding his, you know, his secret. Right. But did you notice that his house has all open windows around the middle. So he's he's visual, but he's still right. Well, hiding. he's exposing himself through his own home, his residential home. Right. But he's hiding what he really is. Okay. I just thought that that might might have been a little bit significant. I didn't read the IMDb things, so I'm not trying to like piggyback off somebody else's theory <laughs> or anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, I don't think we have. We read the trivia a little bit, but yeah, I don't remember seeing that. Um, so, okay, so he, him and his wife, Earl and his wife, are, they come home from this gala, and Earl's got this, like, smirk, or not a smirk, but he's got, like, this grimace look on his face. A smucker, like Noreen would say. <laughs> and, and he says, it, his wife looks over at him, and she says, well, what's wrong? And he's like, well, I'm thinking of all the things I should have said, but what he's actually thinking, because he had to give a speech at the gala, so what he's actually thinking, though, is he doesn't want to kill anymore. And he sa he tells Marshall in their conversation, he tells Marshall, he says, I'm done, I'm out, I don't want to do this anymore, 
I've, you know, I've gotten over it. The last one was the last one and that's it. And Marshall that, is like convincing him. That makes me, we should look it up because I'm, th- I'm trying to think of whether the id was the person themselves or the id was their second self. I want to say that their id was like their own personal self. Well, let's pull this up. I could totally be wrong and totally be bullshitting. What is an id? Here's the definition of idiot. A stupid person. <laughs> A stupid person. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Google. Yeah. We didn't know that. See, I'm trying. I whenever I do the Google, I try to be pleasant to just, it because when AI takes over, <laughs> just say id. Okay. Hang on. What is id? Here's the definition of idiot. A stupid person. <laughs> Google is an idiot. What is id? Okay, id. The part of the mind in which innate instinctive impulses and primary processes are manifest. Okay, so Marshall would be the, the id. Marshall would be the id. Okay. So, yeah, okay. So Marshall is the id, and apparently, yeah, not an idiot. So anyway, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Roland Marshall the definition or Definition of idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Google, what is an idiot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who so. would ask that? So, okay, he decides he's going to stalk this couple, and he he, choose, he knows where they're at that evening. They're, they happen to be at a dance class. He also knows that there's an ice cream parlor right across the street, so he can see when this couple goes home to, or, you know, leaves their whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, like we said, like we said earlier, because he's rich, he has a little hideaway, like his little workshop, his little clay place. And he's got, you know, he's got the hidden compartments and he's got the extra clothes buried in the basement and, or, you know, buried under the floor and stuff like that. So he goes home, he tells his wife, you know, listen, I'm going to go work with clay a little bit. Uh, not, not a person clay. I'm going to go work with some clay. And this is where we, we were trying to come up with what they would call like that. Yeah, well, I I mean, you said safe room. We said hideaway. His sanctuary, little, his sanctuary. His, his little sanctuary could almost be considered a layer. Um, a layer. It uh, sounded like layer, the way you said it. Layer, layer, layer. You, you said layer. Layer, layer. Layer. His layer. Anyway, so, okay. Like superhero layer. Yeah, which is what I was trying to explain yeah, okay, to you when I, I saw just, the devil and you okay, kept calling yeah, yeah. it a shithouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so anyway, yes, he goes, he gets dressed in his killer clothes, he goes to the couple's home, and his MO, or his his way of killing is Modus to, operandi. His way of killing <laughs> is to, he, he has his, his gun, and he puts a gallon trash bag, or a gallon Ziploc bag over it, and zip ties it shut, and then he shoots the people. I'm going to pull a brook, and I'm going to get something to drink, and I'm just going to crack it open during the show, because... <laughs> If he can do it. A crook? Crook, sorry. <laughs> if he can do it, why the hell can't I? So I'm just going to do that. He also had to go pee during that time, too. <laughs> well, if he's doing it, why stop? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Thank yeah. you, crook. Yeah. <laughs> he ends up killing the couple. They're, you know, they're having sex. He comes in, he says, hello, you know, like he's all pleasant and whatnot. Of course, the the wife screams, the guy screams, and he ends up capping them both in the head once, and then he leaves, you know, cleans up. Uh, At this point, Earl's daughter, Jane, comes home. Thank you. Uh, She comes home from college, decided she's going to quit. She visits Earl at work and tells him, like, hey, I'm going to quit. 
school. It's just not for me. He yeah. says, oh, well, it's only been like half a semester. Jane was from the uh, remake of uh, Friday the 13th, was she not? Yes, okay. she was. Yep. Yep. Just wanted to make sure. I thought she was looked familiar. All right, carry on. I'm just waiting for the crack. <laughs> <laughs> Do you enjoy movies? Do you enjoy adult beverages? Do you enjoy conversations that could go off the rails at any second? If you said yes to any of these questions, then you should check out the Films and Fermentation podcast. I'm Leo. I'm Kevin. I'm Mike. We're just three friends who like to talk shit about movies while getting shit-faced. So join us every week as we discuss interesting movie topics like best ensemble films, most paused moments in cinema, and the occasional movie review, plus so much more. When you add drinking, you have no idea where this conversation could go. So find us on Spotify, Apple Pods, Good Pods, YouTube, or wherever you go to listen to your favorite shows. You could also visit linktree.com slash films and fermentation to find all of our social media and podcast links. We'll be waiting for you to join us weekly at the crossroads between pickled and fermented. Cheers. Cheers. If you like the ad you just heard, go to Deluxe Edition Network and check out all the rest of the shows. And while you're there, check out Podcast of the Month, Beard Laws, and Take on the World podcast. Both great shows, both on the Deluxe Edition Network. Detective Tracy, Tracy something or other. Oh my gosh, Demi Moore. Okay, can we just... Is <laughs> played by Demi Moore. <laughs> Let's just, like, a gentle pause here. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is gentle with you. <laughs> the first maybe 10 seconds of seeing Demi Moore's character in this movie are pure cringe right and i'll tell you why first of all is demi moore and since ghost nobody has given two shits about what she's doing maybe on uh what is it um striptease no 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 <laughs> <laughs> what's the one uh indecent proposal well, this is well after indecent proposal. well i know that but nobody has really cared about anything that she's been in since then oh okay I mean, she's done like Charlie's Angels, just like bullshit movies. Um, so when you look at her, you're like, ah, she's in this movie, and then she's wearing a pantsuit, <laughs> right? Which is so cliche for a woman detective, right? A pantsuit, and she's fucking chewing gum. Can you run in a skirt? Well, a detective doesn't have to run. They spend like ninety percent of their time behind a desk. She runs and has a shootout. Oh, well, this is a movie. <laughs> this is Hollywood. She's chewing gum, and, and she's got her... Oh, it's just, oh my gosh, it's cringe city. The The second I saw her, I was like, this movie's gonna... She's gonna bring this movie down. And she kind of does. In case and, you hadn't noticed, Demi Moore is on Nancy's list. <laughs> <laughs> and we will get... I Okay, I, I just... I had to interject that that moment that I had, but you can keep you can continue. <laughs> I have other moments too. I'll cut you off. 
again during them. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, okay, yes. Chewing so. fucking gum. <laughs> she is also a self-made woman. Yeah, could um, she try any harder? So yes, Detective Tracy, played by Demi Moore. She this invest- was before I think she got, <laughs> she got the huge choppers and the huge knockers. Uh, no, she got the knockers way back. I think that was around Disclosure. That was four strip tees, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Be- I was. It was in between Disclosure because she was kind of chunky in Disclosure because she just had a kid. Mm-hmm. But in right before strip tees, you could tell she got the new knockers. <laughs> Are fucking brutal. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, it was kind of like I, nothing, right? <laughs> nothing of actual content. I've never been a big fan, so, so I don't know. This is she, Kevin Costner. This is a big name movie, <laughs> and she makes her comeback in a movie, and she's wearing a pantsuit, chewing gum. <laughs> That's like Degrassi High kind of directing. <laughs> You know now, what I mean? Are you saying that because we're picking on Kark and Crook? Kind of. A little. Like, maybe like 50% why I'm doing it. All right. So, okay. If you're going to make a home movie about a girl detective, it would be the way she's portrayed. Well, I mean, movie. I still think it boils down to the fact that if she had to run, she can't run in a pants or in a skirt. Okay. The woman in um, Gone Girl was yeah. also a woman detective. Also wore pantsuits. She did, but she walked around and she noticed like really like, how would you say it? Um, Inconspicuous clues throughout the house. Yeah. And like the first five minutes that you see her, you're like, "Ah, I like this woman. I'm on her side. I want to see what what she can find. And in this movie, you see Demi Moore and she's chewing the gum. The gum. (laughs) Yeah. The gum with the pantsuit, that's too much. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like the elbow patches. You pick some of the weirdest I, shit. I, so. I, well, you know, there's totally gum attitude. Okay. Speaking of elbow patches. All right. One of our listeners used to work at, or I used to work at a store that he worked at. He went to a con, a, a horror con. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. He went to one of the horror stores out in like Sterling Heights or wherever it was at. Mm -hmm. And he specifically told me, (laughs) and this is totally based on that episode of Insidious. Sinister. Sinister? Sinister. Sinister. (laughs) (laughs) That he was trying to find a picture specifically for you of Ethan Hawke (laughs) in the sweater, (laughs) the sweater with the elbow patches. So Sean from South Penn, if you listen to this, What's up? <laughs> that is so sweet. I know. He that said is... he couldn't find one. No, that was worthy. <laughs> I, I am very flattered. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Sean from South Penn. Hey, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, okay. All right. So, uh, Earl shows up with pics of uh, Earl. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Rewind that. Mr. Smith, played by Dane Cook, shows up to work. To Earl's work with pictures of Earl at the kill site. Uh, Mr. Smith wants to go uh, with Earl. Mr. Smith wants to go with Earl on his next kill. And Earl finally agrees. Can you rewind it? I just want to make sure she had gum. Because that, that was like a subliminal <laughs> thing that I may have noticed. It, it may have been like a mandala effect kind of thing. 
<laughs> kind of laid into it now. Well, I mean, we're watching it. We might as well just double check. That way I can feel the cringe again. If she is doing it. If she's not, how embarrassing. I don't even for remember. Me. Where, where did she first? Oh, she, okay, right here. <clears throat> so she comes in. We did rewind it. There's a nude couple on the horrible bed. Horrible dummies. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She is chewing good. Yes. Thank you. All right. She's okay. chewing it like a cow chews its food. Yeah. 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 Cut. Like with she's the, chewing good. Like with the the side. Yeah. The, the jaw kind of moves off to the side. But you notice right after she's introduced, the gum disappears. She's not chewing the gum anymore. Well, that's because she's yammering on about the crime scene. But the first, the first like glimpse that you get of her is her chewing gum, which is. Oh, my God. And then she never puts her hair up. She always wears it down. Okay. Let's move on. All right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> pinstripe suit. She's so, wearing pinstripe. Okay. Never mind. All right. Go on. <laughs> all right. So, yes. Mr. Smith, played by Dan Cook, shows up to Earl's work with pictures of Earl at the kill site. Can I just say this? <laughs> <laughs> she's wearing rubber gloves so as to not contaminate the crime scene. Uh-huh. But she's got her big, long head of hair. Like dangling all over the place. <laughs> How could that not contaminate the the crime scene? Well, if she loses hair, it would. Well, well, everybody loses hair. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. All right. We can go. Mr. On. Smith wants to go with Ella Earl. Ch- Ch- she's got her. God. <laughs> <laughs> she's got her, her chip sunglasses hanging out the front of her shirt. I don't understand how she figured out that Earl had vacuumed the kills the kill room. But anyway, okay. I, I, so, we'll, we whatever. will get to that. We will get to that. Quit quit sidetracking us. Get yeah. back to the, the okay. plot. Yeah, me. <laughs> so, yeah. So Earl agrees to take Mr. Smith on with the next kill. Detective Tracy is now going through a nasty divorce. She's got this model husband who wants like... Okay, pause right there. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I am a woman of... I'm at that tender age where I'm still devastatingly sexy, mm-hmm. but I'm also at that age where I'm older and sophisticated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that being the case, seeing the guy that we're supposed to believe she was married to, she was married to, is a complete and utter farce. <laughs> there is no way, and. And I was actually up last night thinking about this. I'm thinking about the movie. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We might, and it doesn't really affect the plot any, but she comes from, she's worth like billions of dollars. She she comes from a rich family. 60 million and change. Okay. And then you see this like hunk, model hunk Mm -hmm. that she's getting divorced from. Right. And it never occurred to her brain. That he was only after the money. She was old AF, and he married her. <laughs> right. And, and that she's he a was detective. after the money. Yeah. Hello. Prenup. Has Ever it, heard of it? I. You know, that's a very good point. They never do bring up yeah, it, that. It kept me up last night. <laughs> so you're not laying in bed thinking about how sexy I am. You're laying in bed thinking about the movie and how much you <laughs> hate Demi Moore. N- not just that. But I was thinking about how in the world they would try to get us to believe that she would be married to him. And then I thought, of course, she's worth billions, right? So, of course, sure. she's going to find, you know, somebody that's young and good looking. Young. Wait, you thought that guy was good looking? Not, no, not to me, but other women. Okay. 
So we'll go with that. <laughs> so we're supposed to think that I'll read you the riot act after the show. <laughs> we're supposed to think that she married this other guy because she was so great and had nothing to do with her being worth billions. Right. And then you come to find out that he wants all of her money in the divorce. And it's kind of like, you're like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Does she actually think that he married her because he loved her? It just wouldn't happen. Probably not. And I guess you'd have to see the guy that played the husband in order to truly understand that. He looks like a cross between Beckham. What's his name? Beckham. Uh, uh, Mark. 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 No. Crystal. Crip. Chris. Dave. <laughs> I think it's David. David Beckham. David Beckham. He looks like a he looks like a cross between David Beckham and Victoria Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So okay. Anyway. Fuck okay. Yeah. She's going through a divorce. Mr. Brooks pays a visit to Mr. Smith at night to set the rules for, you know, this is how this whole thing that you know, you coming with me is gonna is gonna go down. Um turns out we find out that uh Jane, who is the daughter of Mr. Brooks Earl, is pregnant and that's why she left school. So we think put an asterisk on that one. She's obviously they, they, they portray her as a daddy's girl. Way too far. Yeah, and yeah. And it, well it's an only child too, so it's kinda oh, like Yeah. That's kinda creepy. But it yeah. did get to a creepy a couple a couple spots. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The I fact that she that calls him the fact she, the fact that she calls him daddy every time. Yeah, and she's a grown woman. It, yeah, twenty what? Yeah, well, nineteen yeah. twenty maybe. So, Detective Tracy walks the crime scene. She visits Mister Smith's apartment with some questions. Uh, Earl and Mister Smith end up meeting, and they decide to pick a target for research. Uh, Mr. Smith, Dane Cook, is kind of pissed off because he thought they were actually going to do the kill that night. Mr. Brooks being meticulous, meticulous and disciplined and, you know, having done this before, knows that he needs to do the the research on the target before he actually kills him. He, he's an expert, but Dane Cook, Mr. Smith, is a novice. Right. And the novice just wants to go in and kill per the person. But his Mr. Brooks is kind of like he knows better. Yeah. He's yeah. like, no, 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 no. There's there's a process to this so that you don't get caught. Uh yes. Sorry. I was reading. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He knows there's a, a method to the madness. Yeah. He's actually got a code. <laughs> Much like, like Dexter. Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> Detective Tracy has run in with this escaped convict that she had put away. Uh, they end up like somehow she gets kidnapped. Detective Tracy does, and um, there's like this extended fight scene in a in a cargo van. She's yanking hair. They're punching and kicking, and you know whatever. That comes back a little bit later. Mister Brooks and Mister Smith meet again for more research, and they spot. Meeks. Meeks is the character that Tracy had a run-in with that was an escaped convict that she had put away at one time. Mr. Brooks changed the plans again on Mr. Smith, and Mr. Smith is rightfully pissed off because he, again, wanted to do the kill that night. They were watching one guy. They saw this Meeks. Now, Mr. Smith doesn't know that Meeks, who Meeks is. So Mr. Brooks changed the plans, and yeah, Mr. Smith is pissed. 
Detectives from California now show up to question Jane about a murder that happened on campus while she was there. And Earl, Mr. Brooks, kind of realizes that um, maybe my daughter has the same inclinations to murder that I do. Yeah, and, maybe it's, it's a hereditary trait. And he, he, so, yeah, this, this whole, this is like, I guess the third, this is kind of a smaller subplot than like the whole detective part of it. He thinks that Jane is psycho like him, and he thinks that, you know, there's the possibility that she had killed the person on campus, and then the reason that she left campus was to get away from the murder. Did you notice that Marshall is always chewing gum? What uh, up with that? Uh, I did notice it, but like, he did, it was in a few scenes, things. he was yeah, like he's chewing, always chewing gum, popping gum. Maybe Marshall is Detective Tracy. Maybe he's got. <laughs> did you also notice that he kind of has an ascot? A scarf? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I did. Maybe I this is another thing like like Kevin Costner would be like, okay, my alter ego is going to be like sophisticated and he's going to have an ascot. But I mean, is would you call Marshall sophisticated? I mean, I he's not like a slob, but. I wouldn't, but he does make, uh, he does make Earl, aka Mr. Brooks, feel kind of stupid. Because he's like, this is what you got to do. You're doing it wrong. Well, you yeah, know? that's true. And so his alter ego is smarter than him. Which is really weird. Which may have always, it may have contributed to the fact that he is, his confidence. He has, hmm. you know, because he was yeah. a self-made man. Right. Well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, not, I mean, now that you mention it, yes. He does kind of put him down yeah. like, no, no, yeah. no, that's not how you got to do yeah, this. He, or, yeah, he's like, you know what you're really thinking. Yeah, you know, are you really thinking movie. about going through with this? Yeah. Or, yeah, and so. so he's kind of made this alter ego like a little bit smarter than he actually is. Yeah. Which would make sense. So his dark passenger. Right, right. <laughs> um, and he, like we, we said before, he's trying to fill the part. He's trying to like be the person he wants to be. And then Marshall is that person, I think. And then he is telling him how he's got to do. And of course, if if the, the your alter ego that is the person that you want to be is telling you to do something, you're gonna do it. What if what if Marshall is the real Mr. Brooks and oh. Earl is the alter ego, like Primal Fear again? Yeah, kind of like yeah, Primal yeah, Fear. Yeah. Well, that would have been a really good twist towards the end. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, what do you, what do you think? Like, what if what if what well, if Marshall? I, I do think that they're one and the same. I I think that in 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 Earl's brain, they're mutually exclusive. They're they're both on the same level, right? But for some reason, he always does what Marshall tells him to do. He ends up doing it. Yeah. yeah. And well, and and well, it's William Hurt. I mean, <laughs> when you see this guy, you're you're gonna think, oh my gosh, he's like he's wearing a suit and an ascot, and he's like. <laughs> He looks like he's intelligent, and he's got yeah. the gum attitude. <laughs> I have a theory that every time somebody chews gum, they have an attitude. <laughs> Just like when everybody wears sunglasses, they also have an attitude. Sunglass attitude? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that that's just something that Kevin Costner and his, his lowly, self-made man kind of self-esteem looks up to. It's... it's <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> all right <laughs> um okay carry on yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah earl realizes that jane has the same 
urges to kill, and he decides to clean up her mistake. So Earl ends up flying out uh, to California in disguise, does another murder just like the first one, and then... Like the one that had taken place on campus. Right, doesn't... Yes, exactly, yeah. Murders somebody else on campus in the same manner that the first person killed him, uh, but because Jane was in wherever... Uh, what is it? San Francisco. It couldn't have been her. So yeah, she wouldn't he have been a suspect. He basically is giving her an alibi. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, so Tracy is still after a good lead and she starts harassing Mr. Smith, following him, kind of, you know, tailing yeah. him, and trying me- to see if he's going to make a mistake. Meanwhile, we have the whole side story of her, <laughs> uh, Okay, ex-husband. <laughs> right. We're trying to get all of her money. Demanding money, yeah. But see, okay, she has $60 million plus dollars in the bank. The husband, or soon-to-be ex-husband, was only only asking for, like, what, $5 million or $2.5 well, million or something? and his lawyer said it probably, will probably settle at $2 million. $2 million. Yeah. I mean, is $2 million out of sixty going to hurt you? Really? It, it might be out of spite. She probably makes that much money in a like in it might be out of spite. A fucking year. She could probably be the ex-husband's mom, so it might be out of spite. <laughs> she might just be like, "You fucking asshole! You knew there's your what hunk. you were doing the whole time." There's your hunk. Like, he's not a hunk. You said he was a good-looking guy. I said, well, when I said that, I meant like what people would think is Ooh, good-looking. David Beckham and Victoria Beckham smushed together. Do they have kids? Yeah, they have. They kids. have yeah. Yeah. They have already have. They have a kid that's married. Oh, well, are they old as fuck, or are we? Um. Well, <laughs> they're old AF because they have a kid that's married. We don't have any kids that are married yet. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> Earl returns from the murder. And did you notice that <laughs> the hunk ex husband is sitting there at the what do they call it? Um. The mediation. Mediation. And he's wearing like these like 99 cent Rite Aid reading glasses. Glasses. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess at this, we're supposed to think that he is like smart and sexy. Okay. Right. We'll go with that. (laughs) DLC. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Earl returns from California or from San Francisco. Or not San Francisco. They live in San Francisco. Earl returns from campus and he decides that he wants Smith to kill him once this whole murder is done. Their murder. Brooks and Smith meet again and they actually go to Tracy's, Detective Tracy's soon to be ex husband's apartment, and they end up killing him and his lawyer girlfriend. Who are having an affair. Surprise, surprise. Yes, who are having an affair. Detective Tracy is blamed for the murder of her ex, of course, because at one point when they were sitting in the mediation, she actually threatened him and said She said, I'd like to see you dead. Yeah, I would like to see you get hit by a bus or something stupid like that. And what what woman going through a divorce would not say something like that? I got to imagine every person. There's got to be like some kind of like statute or something about conjecture during mediation <laughs> you can't so, take everything that you hear completely literally well they do they're lawyers they have to well yeah well yeah uh, <laughs> so after the murder 
Uh, Mr. Smith pulls a gun on Mr. Brooks, Earl, in the car. And it tells him to drive, you know, just drive and then pull off here. We're going to go here. I'm going to, I'm going to kill you. Cause you know, I'm tired of the shenanigans. I don't want to do this anymore. And if I get you out of the way, then I know there's no way that you can come back and kill me later. Brooks has set up Mr. Smith to have all his stuff moved to the same apartment slum or the same, I'm sorry, the same slum apartment that Meeks who again was the escaped convict that Meeks lives. So, <clears throat> did you notice that Meeks was the guy from uh, Extract? Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say hit it. Yeah. Hold yeah. it. Hold <laughs> it. No, blow it out. <laughs> yeah, the shaman. She, she's kind of dirty. <laughs> <laughs> you like it dirty? You like them dirty? I hate call waiting. Got that. <laughs> If you, haven't, <laughs> if you haven't seen Extract, watch it. Jason it, Bateman, yeah, Mila Kunis. Watch. Yeah. So, okay, yes. Mr. Brooks has set up Mr. Smith. And what he did was, is he had a moving company come in, take all of Mr. Smith's uh, furniture, everything out, and move it to the same slum apartment that Meeks lives. Because he kind of knew that, you know, Detective Tracy would go to Mr. Smith's apartment looking for clues. Because this whole time she has suspected him of taking mm-hmm. pictures or having pictures or something. And he's got Marshall <clears throat> telling him, like, giving him advice on yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Not... Brooks, not Mr. Smith. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, Marshall is telling Mr. Smith, oh, you got to take care of this because this is a loose end right. and all that stuff. Yeah. And they do kind of get worried that she's tracking him down. But, she, you know, she never ends up doing that. So what ends up happening is, is... Detective Tracy finds this like invoice for the moving company that says where all Mr. Smith's stuff was taken. Because they pretty and, much leave it laying on the ground with a frame and right. a light shining on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. A spotlight right on it. So she ends up she goes to this apartment where Mr. Smith supposedly now lives, but Meeks' apartment is. And Mr. or Detective Tracy and Meeks have a shootout, and she ends up like winging him and his girlfriend and then as they're laying there dying on the ground she's one tough motherfucking detective <laughs> well she has a pantsuit that's right she has and a pantsuit she chews gum yes with obviously her aviator framed sunglasses right. hanging off her shirt so if okay you're right those are all things that yes yes yeah so they have a shootout he she wings them both and they end up uh meeks ends up killing his girlfriend and himself and then, you know, Detective Tracy gets her man kind of thing. Meanwhile, Earl and Mr. Smith are at a cemetery. Mr. Smith asks Brooks, or asks Earl, he says, well, why, do you, why did you take me to a cemetery? And he says, well, you should always invest in things that people need. Water and cemeteries are both good mm-hmm. bets. So yeah, Earl that's never going to go, never going to be something <laughs> that's not needed as a cemetery. <laughs> right. So Earl tells mr smith that he wants him to kill him so he says here's what you do i'm going to stand up against this open grave you shoot me i will fall back you bury me you know and you you really do feel like it's it's gonna happen it's gonna happen yeah because he's kind of set the stage for this to all take place like he just can't go on his daughter might you know might be a killer. He feels guilt over his daughter might or being a killer. So at this point he's kind of like 
I feel bad for what I've done, yeah. and now I've spread it to my daughter. Right. So the best thing that would be, uh, would be to take myself out. You can just end me, and right? Right. I, you know, I'll be out of the picture, and then, right. You know, unfortunately, mom will have to deal with the daughter, but you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So what he ends up, he, yeah, he tells he tells Mr. Smith, listen, I'm gonna stand, you know, I'm gonna stand up against this or next to this open grave. Did you notice that was one of the things that uh, Dexter said? Oh, uh, uh, to Miguel. What was their name? Sue Ellen or Ellen Mischke? Sue Ellen Mischke. No, not not in the film. movie. That was that was her on. Oh, no, that was it? that wasn't the same yeah, woman. Yeah, Sue Ellen Mischke's the the the. Uh, no, you're. It, it was the sister from. Um, Mad about you. Mad about you. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of her name. That was. But, yeah. I I have I have no idea what her name was. So, anyway, but anyway, um, Dexter kind of. You schools. bury the body, yeah. yeah you he bury schools the Miguel body. by saying, "This is how you can't get caught," and blah blah blah, yeah. yada yada. You put, yeah, put a fresh body on the bottom of the grave, <laughs> bury it with just enough dirt so that it's covered up, and then they put a casket over the top of it. And you yeah. know, chances are you'll never see the body again. So one Miss Mishki was Seinfeld. Yeah, the Brawless, the Brawless Wonder. Yeah, the the yeah. candy bar. Yeah, heiress. <laughs> <laughs> the O Henry. O Henry. O yeah. Henry candy bar heiress. Yeah. So, so we're mixing genres I know, and I know. I uh, gotta get I gotta get these categories straight in my head. So but yeah, I mean I was part of that, so I'm not just blaming you for that. <laughs> yeah, you brought it up. Yeah. You brought me you isn't took me name, down that path. Isn't it Ellen something? Or like uh do you want me to look it up? I can look it up. Yeah, go ahead and look right. it up. You, you, you um, keep blabbering. Okay. On. So what ends up happening? yes, he does the whole grave thing and Mr. Smith goes to shoot Mr. Brooks, goes to shoot Earl, and the gun misfires. He goes to shoot again, the gun misfires. Mr. Brooks tells Mr. Smith, he says, listen, okay, just about the time I thought I wanted you to kill me, I thought about it, I decided I did not want you to kill me. So I snuck into your apartment, and I bent the firing pin. Anne Ramsey. And what's her name in the, mo- in the show? Ellen Wolf. Ellen. See? I knew it was Ellen. I did say Ellen. Did you say Ellen? I did say I Ellen. I remember here saying that. Yeah. That's why I came up with Sue Ellen. Okay. All right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Ellen Wolf. Anyway. Okay. That's from Dexter. We're on Mr. Brooks. So, yeah. Mr. Brooks bent the firing pin on Mr. Smith's gun so that he couldn't kill him. And what ends up happening is they end up having a little bit of a tussle. Mr. Brooks picks up a shovel. He whacks Mr. Smith in the arm once. Wax him in the side of the head. Yeah, once. he's kind of like, no, I ain't dying. Yeah, you're dying. And then, <laughs> and then he takes the shovel and he swings it like a baseball bat and he hacks Mr. Smith. Then you get right Mr. Smith in the neck. Dane Cook, who has a huge face and a small <laughs> body. And we actually looked this up and yeah. Wikipedia. What is it? it said that Kevin Costner is six foot one. Six foot one. Dane and Dane Cook, Cook is, six, is six feet. I encourage you. <laughs> to watch this movie just to compare the heights because there is no way there is only one inch difference between the two. That's complete bullshit. So, <laughs> Dane Cook, he's short. You totally shit all over my description of his death. Well, I'm sorry. Okay. But he's short and he has a huge face. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> so he takes the shovel, he swings it at Mr. Smith, Dane Cook, catches him in the neck, completely cuts his basically like nearly decapitates him and the blood just starts pouring out of his neck and he falls backwards into the grave mr smith buried or mr brooks buries him in the grave mr brooks now earl goes back home everything's calm he's all happy ish 
mm-hmm. that he got rid of Mr. Smith, so he knows there's not going to be any blackmailing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He gets his glass of milk. That's one of the running themes. He always has a glass of milk at night. You see, you always remember stupid little things like that. <laughs> I'm just joking with that. So he gets his glass just of milk. Just because I, I, I did. <laughs> it was just a bad joke. Bad joke. He gets his glass of milk. You're going to have to redo that. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. No, because so. you, you made this extra thing about the glass of milk, and I was, like, interrupting you about little, like, insignificant things <laughs> throughout the movie. Okay. And then you mentioned the glass oh, of milk, and I was like... I gotcha. Okay. All right. Yeah, I just like cut the that gum. out. Yeah, I cut that out. Like the gum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> grabs his glass of milk, <laughs> which is a running theme throughout the movie, but you never know why. He goes in to kiss his daughter goodnight, and as he's bent over kissing her goodnight, she pulls around, sticks him in the neck with a pair of scissors. Earl goes spinning. There's blood spraying all around the room and everything. And And you're expecting (laughs) the credits to roll. Yeah, exactly. Yes. What ends up happening, well, he falls onto the bed next to her, and... She pulls off his glasses and puts his glasses on. Now, earlier in the movie, and we de- we never did mention it, she had said that she would like to run the box company that Earl owns. He says she, yeah, she wants to take over the family business, right? So he's laying there dead on the bed. Well, that's then, kind of foreshadowing. She wants to run the family business, but she also wants to do what he does. Well, she and that was one of the things that Earl and Marshall discussed. Do you think she point. knew? What her dad was? Hmm. I don't know, actually. I don't know. Maybe if you have that kind of mentality, you could see. Well, because Earl and Marshall do talk about how there were clues that she was giving that she was a killer. Mm-hmm. Because she says, you know, no, there's nothing. Or she said, like, the way she said, no, there's nothing more I want to tell you. Or mm-hmm. So they were kind of conversating about it. Uh, that's not the word. But they were having a conversation <laughs> about it. Um, but yeah, they never allude to the fact, or they never mention anything about her suspecting him as, as being a killer. I, I think that's maybe something that, that the viewer is supposed to kind of yeah ponder. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Because if like, if he gets captured or killed during one of his little murder sprees, who's going to run the, the company? Right. And yeah. it's ironic that he wanted to give her an alibi and save her from mm. that because that was his daughter and... That is a good point. I it's don't like, know. It's like, what is it, uh, the Freddy versus Jason kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's not at all, but yeah, still. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, so, okay, yes. So, yeah, she stacks him in the neck with the, with the scissors. He ends up spraying blood all across the room. She pulls off his glasses like, I'm the boss now kind of thing. And he's laying on the bed dead. And then you hear him like yelling and screaming in his sleep and they snap to him laying in bed next to his wife and he apologizes to his wife for waking her up, you know, with his nightmare. And then he rolls over and he starts, you know, praying like the serenity prayer and falls back to sleep. And then the credits roll. And that is, uh, that's what we're left with. That is Mr. Brooks in a nutshell. This is me in a nutshell. Oh, help me. I'm in a nutshell. (laughs) Um, okay, so let's just get right to it. What did you, what are you going to put this on the gore score? Gore score? I like this movie. Mm-hmm. Aside from the things, just like uh, with Sinister. <laughs> right. There's things that I don't like, Demi Moore. 
I think, though, that I would give this on the gore score a good seven and a half. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. On the gore score. Gore score. Not your overall. What's your overall score? My overall score would be probably about an eight. Okay. And what makes you give it a seven on the gore score? Because it's... Seven and a half. Or, or, sorry, seven and a half. I don't really feel like it's a very... It's not gory. No. So why would you put the... Why would you make it a seven and a half? Well, the shovel scene at the cemetery. So you're you're taking into the accountability of realism. Right, right. Okay. You don't really expect that in the cemetery. No. No, I mean, if somebody's going to get killed in a cemetery, it's usually like they're and just they, going to get whacked over the head and fall in and then buried. They do have a really realistic, the first scene with the two dancers getting shot in the head. Mm-hmm. That was pretty realistic. Right. Okay. All right. I won't argue with you about it. Um, For me, see, I don't think it was like the gore was realistic, but I don't think it was gratuitous. So I'm only going to go. It has to be gratuitous for you to have a high gore score? Yeah, for me. I just, I didn't know your criteria. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Like, you know, like I've told you, like the Evil Dead 2013, that would be like a 10 on the gore score. It's over the top. It's gratuitous. It's violent. It's bloody. It's nasty. Terrifier would be a 10. You know, he saw a woman in half. Well, yeah, ways. the woman going around the shower and. Shower. Are you talking terrifier or terrified? Terrifier. Oh, <laughs> with the, yeah, with the clown. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so Sorry. yeah, wrong movie. I confuse them. <laughs> um, so yeah, that would be a ten. So for this movie, like, I mean, you know, there's not a ton of violence and gore, and what you do see, I mean, what you do see is impactful. But I'm, I'm gonna just go with a six on this one for the gore score. Uh, and then overall, I think you know. This is one of those movies like The Shining. Every time you watch it, you pick up like subtle vocal clues, or mm-hmm. you might see a little hidden something here or hidden something there. It's like The Shining. So I think probably an eight, same as you, yeah. eight overall. <clears throat> um, it's definitely one of those movies that, you know, I mean, it's not like. Let me, maybe I should like put my score into a little bit of context. If I was watching a movie where they took a, a chainsaw and like, sawed person's arm off you know that it's the kind of movie where somebody would take a chainsaw and saw a woman's arm off yeah but in this movie when they did like the bullets in the head Mm -hmm. you just don't expect it when it happens well i mean he went in there with a gun well yeah i know that but it was very so i mean but like i said you're going like you you're basing your gore score on like the realism aspect of right, it. right right yeah, yeah yeah and maybe the unexpectedness of it because yeah. i mean you really don't expect him to like slice mr smith's right. neck with a, a shovel blade right right and so my gore score would be based on realistic things that were gory right okay all right yeah I've, okay I'm done arguing with you about the gore score because <laughs> I, I don't know how you rate. I'm a so, woman. Yeah. I can change my mind. Um, so, okay. Yes. Uh, I am Ben. She is Nancy. We are Extreme Horror Replay Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at XHR underscore podcast. And we do have a Patreon for 6 and $8. You do get access to completely ad-free and completely uncut episodes. So, Kark and Crook, we thank you very much yeah. for being our patrons. <laughs> you want to hear what we're not saying, <laughs> what we're not putting on these To the shows. public. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, we do have a tea Public where you can buy some cool swag, shirts, mugs, stickers. They really need to do hats. I wish they did hats, but they don't do hats. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all do that stuff is out there. Do they do koozies? Do they do koozies? I don't know if they do koozies. They do do like coffee mugs, like travel mugs and coffee mm-hmm. cups. They should do koozies then. I, I don't know. I'd have to check. Okay. Long story short, yes. Uh, that is this episode. We have gone on far longer than I ever thought we would for this movie, honestly. But uh, I think we had a lot of fun, and we hope you did too. Please check out all the shows on the Deluxe Network. Uh, fuck, the uh, Deluxe Entertainment. Uh, she knows it. Network. Yeah. Please check out all the shows on the Deluxe Edition Network. There is all varieties of shows on there. Sports, comedy, history, horror, you name it. It's out there. Check them out. I think we're about done. So I will say be good to one another and stay safe. And I am i don't even know if she's going to say anything. So I have nothing to say. All right. That is it. We will, t- <laughs> we will talk to you all later. Be- I've said my piece. <laughs> all right. And then some. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you all next week. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Bye.